What is up, Hockey IQ listeners? I'm here to chat about our newest sponsor, Sensorina. Your brain is one of the most important parts of your body. Why not invest in a tool that allows you to train it? With Sensorina, athletes can gain a competitive edge using VR training. Players are able to go through a scenario thousands of times without having to step foot on the ice. No more waiting around for puck touches or perfect scenarios. Sensorina can enhance reaction time, decision-making, and multitasking abilities, making you the next MVP. I mean, if the LA Kings are using it, it's got to be good. With our promo code HockeyIQ, you receive $50 off an annual plan purchase. Head on over to Sensorina.com to check it all out. On the Hockey IQ podcast, today we bring on Kyle McLennan. Uh, Kyle, coaching up in Nova Scotia, working with uh, U18, also Hockey Canada, U16, doing some video work uh, at the collegiate level. Uh, just great hockey mind overall and a must-follow if you're on Twitter. Uh, you know, you should follow Coach Revac and Kyle McLennan. Those are like the two go-tos if you want great video content. And if you're looking to build out a clip library or just want to see how – uh, good minds are looking at the game. So, Kyle, good to have you here. Greg, thanks for having me on. All right. So where did the, the desire to post on social media all these wonderful clips? Uh, you're way more tech savvy than I am. So you got like drawings on there. Uh, so I'm a little bit jealous. But uh, how did that all come about? You know, that's it's a pretty good question. I, I think it's and it's a two parter, to be honest with you. Uh, I think. And I'll just kind of start from the content perspective. I think number one, I, I remember as a young coach starting out, uh, especially it's, you know, you know, I didn't have a ton of resources. I was, you know, uh, didn't have a lot of necessarily uh, immediate connections. My video library was, you know, pretty scarce. So uh, a lot of stuff I had to not just try and acquire on my own, but the big, you know, one of the big avenues I went down was, you know, reaching out to individuals that I did know and, and just searching whether it's online, on YouTube, on social media, individuals that, that I had previous connections with and trying to almost beg, borrow and steal any video from them to start a library and to start building from. And, and I'll never forget, you know, the support at that time of, you know, people being certainly willing to share their content and, and all of their resources. So that always that always stuck with me. So I think you know one reason, especially, is you know if there's someone that maybe they don't have access to specific uh, platforms to to be able to, to grab video you know, quickly and go build a library. Maybe there's things that they're looking for, and you know perhaps they just stumble upon whether it's like I said, it's yourself or myself or anybody else on social media. I think if you, you we can constantly you know share content or share video that you know you don't know how far that can go to help someone else and you know, what they need because I've certainly been there before. And uh, on, the, on the other side of that, it's, I can't say how many people at the same time, you just learn a lot by posting. And, and I think I've had a ton of people reach out to me and, you know, maybe they point out an alternate view. Maybe they point out uh, an additional, you know, additional point, uh, you know, that maybe I missed or I didn't, uh, didn't look at it that previous previously. So I think there's a lot to learn from it too. So a lot of the time I just kind of throw it out there and dangle it almost for a little bit of engagement, sometimes one-on-one uh, and you learn a lot. And maybe there's something that you're, that you're seeing that's maybe it's incorrect, or maybe there's just a better way of doing things. So that's, that's always been a, an, another, another reason for doing so. And I, I think 
another underlying reason was I think growing up uh, as a kid and even even into early adulthood, certainly not, I would call myself certainly uh, maybe risk adverse, uh, a little bit shy, a little bit timid in, in certain settings. So this was a way to really kind of step out of my comfort zone and literally just throw things online and put yourself out there, whether right or wrong or whatever, like it's out there. And I know when I first started to do it a few years ago, it was almost like this just relief went over me like, oh, you know what? whether someone likes it or they don't or I'm right or I'm wrong, it doesn't matter. It's out there. Nothing bad really happens. Right. So it kind of built, built confidence in myself to, to share information and share work with other people and ask opinions and, and, and things like that. So kind of a long winded answer, but there's, there's a lot of different, uh, a lot of different points that kind of come up in my mind when I'm thinking about why, why I do it and why I continue to do it on a daily basis. But like I said, it's it's to help people. It's to help myself, to be honest with you, and getting good feedback and information that uh, maybe, you know, different things that I haven't looked at. And honestly, it was just to build some confidence and and kind of put myself out there and and uh, you know, just build build that. So with that, like who or like how, probably more who and where did you kind of develop your eye for the game and how you view it? Because uh, there's so many different great resources out there. Is there a place you go? Obviously, there's you know your your immediate network, but is there some places elsewhere where you're like, I want to view the game maybe a little more different than most people do because you know you've got the old classic like point shots, get pucks that everyone funnels, and you know these big almost like very broad terms, and it seems like you're getting more granular, specific, very detailed. So I'm curious to see uh, how and where you developed that eye for the game. Yeah, honestly, I'll come back and for for all the things, for all the negative things that social media can be. I think I think there's a lot of positive to draw from, and and honestly, that's that's where I got it. Uh, you know, you know, individuals like yourself, and uh, honestly, I, I could sit here and list, you know, you could list the the Daryl Belfries, and I could list, you know, all of these great individuals, Ab Nicholas, you know, the hockey thing podcast, like everything down the line I could go on and on and on uh, but they've all kind of view the game very similar and like you mentioned just kind of the granular details and just the evolution and the you know kind of uh I guess relating it to other you know other invasion sports and just a lot of a lot of different viewpoints that I thought were a little bit uh as you mentioned a little bit off the kind of your, your, the original path of you know, just the things you hear on a day-to-day basis, the old, uh, the old classic lines and the old classic uh, descriptions of a lot of these, a lot of these tactics and, and, and styles of play. So that to me was very interesting, just trying to find a different way to do things and try to find, you know, more impactful ways to teach individuals, teach, teach young players, uh, how to kind of tap into their mind, understand how they process the game and, and help, you know, better help them. But in order to do that, I had to better help myself, you know, myself and, and understanding the game too. So, you know, digging into that stuff on social media, it was huge. Uh, and then once I really got comfortable on what I was looking for, it's just daily watching video. Like I said, uh, I usually have a goal every day of uh, whether it's I'm going to watch, definitely going to watch all, every goal. I'm going to watch probably a uh, majority of every scoring chance. And then I'll, I'll usually pick an avenue to go down, uh, one thing I really like is I try to watch one or two teams every one of their five-on-five breakouts. Uh, I'll just 
why I picked that is usually there's some events that lead you know into the puck coming into their own zone. There's usually some type of a nice sequence uh, or, or not not so nice sequence in the defensive zone to lead to the breakout. Uh, and if they do a really good job, it kind of connects into the neutral zone and then obviously back into the, the entry in the offensive zone. So I think when I target areas like that, it's an easy way to kind of filter it all uh, to get a lot, get through a lot of content. Uh, but then I can start looking at some of these little, little details and, and how one phase of play connects to the next and the next and the next. And I think that was the big, that was the big eye opener, especially three, four years ago was realizing uh, how connected all of these phases of play are and, and, and stop teaching it in, you know, kind of in a silo and, and by itself and start connecting different areas of the game and to help better understand it yourself. But it helps the players understand it a heck of a lot better too. All right. So you're, where, where are you getting your video from? Let's start there. Yeah. So I, I go on Instat a lot. Uh, so, so Instat's going to be where I've just, I pull it up every morning and just, Basically, it's a very simple process, actually. Uh, I don't know so much simple, but anyway, go to go to the scores for the day, just so I remember so I memorize the schedule of basically all the teams that are playing. Then I go on Instat and just pull every single game up. And from there, then I'll just kind of pull the video from where I, where I want it. Uh, uh, so like I said, if I'm looking for the goals, looking for scoring chances, sometimes it'll be uh, – sometimes I just want to watch offenses on play. Sometimes I'll just watch – special teams, uh, face-offs, whatever, just whatever I'm kind of looking for. Uh, sometimes I have, there's a purpose. Sometimes I just kind of switch it around. Just you never know what you're going to stumble upon. So go to, go definitely go to Instat and get through that. Um, that's where I get the majority of my, of my clips. And sometimes I'll just see things on social media uh, that someone posts or someone brought attention to, and then it's, it's easy then I just go, go find it where I need to find it, right? So typically Instat's where I'm going to get the bulk of my video. It's it's nice because then you can uh, go back further and see like you, sometimes you watch these highlight videos and it's just like the goal happening sure. and you're like okay you got to go back probably another five seconds and truly yeah. see like how that play developed but yeah. uh, yes instead it's a beautiful thing I'm yeah. so so glad that came along because I remember when I started doing all this I would just have to go to YouTube and watch oh, the yeah. initial highlight packages that you know 10, 12 minute long and I'd watch literally. The entirety of the night prior, which uh, you know was was good when I had the time, and, and now as life has gotten busier, it oh, gets yeah. tougher. So it's it's instead amazing and being able oh. to pull, like you said, the like exact situations. Like you just want to look at ozone play, you want to look at retrievals, whatever it is. Yeah, uh, yeah it really helps go down those rabbit holes. Um, if you can get access to it, it's fantastic. I, I think they're charging like five grand per person these days. So it's not the cheapest solution, but if you're part of an organization, I know there's a lot of ways that you can get it. Are you getting that through like Hockey Canada or, or yeah, just, your, just through your organization? Our, just, just through our own organization. Like I said, they're really, uh, and I kind of mentioned to you beforehand uh, for the show, like I have a really good support support system in place. And it's one of the reasons why I've you know stayed in this position as long as I have is, you know, my president and my boss, like it makes it really easy to, I don't want to say easy to succeed, but easy to at least uh, put the work into six to try and succeed and to put players in better situations because anything that I need from a resource perspective, uh, there's rarely any second guessing. It's do you, listen, I think this can be beneficial. This is why, and this is how it can help the players. And this is how it can help, uh, you know, you know, you know, us moving forward. And usually they're, you know, everything's pretty well. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Whatever you need. So 
that's it's not the case everywhere, right? So that's been really it's been really beneficial to the players, but also me as a coach and and my own development. So that's that's been great because like you mentioned, the old process of pulling up YouTube and in, in, in the old way. That's uh that was a heck of a process, and I, I don't wish that upon anybody. So, uh, again, another reason why I just try and post things online. and You can download the Twitter clip, or even you can reach out and just ask me, and I'll, and I'll give it to you, no problem, uh, because I just know the pain of <laughs> the YouTube and just trying to figure things out that way. It's certainly not an easy process. Yeah, and there's so many great tools. Like, uh, I, I've not taken the deep dive to figure out how the, the tech works and make it look pretty and like oh here you see this and like highlight a player whatever um you know i'm I'm more old school and i I like yours because it points it out that i'm debating like what what's better do you want that little bit of friction where people kind of have to work for it Mm -hmm. so once they see it they can never unsee it sure or is it better to have it like super simple and easy to digest where it's like oh yeah and boom Mm -hmm. but is it harder to retain it and see it naturally I'm not sure what the answer is there. Well, I'm going to leave that as an open-ended question. Maybe you can answer it. Maybe you can't. Uh, but it's it's awesome to, to see like both of us working online. And there are a few other accounts. But I I got to say, I, I think ours are the two best. I'm biased, though. Yeah, so all I'll say is I appreciate I appreciate the kind words. That's all I'll say. <laughs> beautiful. So the next thing I want to talk about and just linking on this is you're watching so much hockey. You're literally seeing the evolution in real time. And it's funny how they're bringing back a lot of old stuff that used to be done 30 years ago. Now it's the new thing on the block. So it's, there's no real like different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I was kind of put this, I'm like, all we're really doing is finding new ways, new terminologies to teach the same thing that has always been there. Mm-hmm. But how do we do it effectively for today's players? So one two part question here of like, what kind of evolution are you currently seeing in the NHL? And then what are we using that's old timey and we're just renaming it or like, what's the old name versus the new name? Uh, Cause the, these are all quality concepts. There's reasons why it stays around. Like these things work and it's that constant cat and mouse. Yeah. It's yeah. It's funny. Like, like you mentioned uh, kind of recycling things. It's kind of like fashion, right? It's like, it's like goes away for a bit and then next thing you know, it comes back and it's trendy again. So it's like, you just gotta, you just gotta hang on a little bit. Don't throw everything out. So um, but no, that's, it's a really good point. And I think two big, two obvious ones for me, um, is just ob- the special teams. I think you're, you're seeing teams obviously revert back to, you know, diamonds on, on PK, uh, very aggressive pressure out onto the flanks. And now you're starting to see teams kind of switch back into, if you want to call it old school, because it's now new again. And, it, and it's, there's some stuff that's working into some umbrella work with, you know, uh, you know, more players down by the goal line. Perhaps you're looking at it, you know, you look at Toronto and a lot of teams actually, from what I've noticed, have at least experimented with, you know, playing a spread three guy, you know, three guys in the lower part of the zone, uh, kind of flipping, flipping the power play. And it's as such, but again, these are, these are clips. If you pull up, you know, the 97 NHL playoffs on YouTube and you, you watch one, a game from, you know, whatever two teams, you're going to see these same tactics. It just, there's a little, I think the skills a little more developed now. So things look a little more cleaner and obviously there's been some evolution in, in the tactics to maybe to make them a little more uh, effective. Yeah. So, the technology of just like how to play the game, like the skates are so rigid or the yeah. sticks, what you can do with that stuff, that evolution. Yeah. It just looks, it takes a yeah, big it piece too. Clean. Yeah. It looks clean. It's like the same thing, but it just looks a little bit cleaner now. Right. So, 
when you watch it. So that, that's one for sure. Just watching the power plays. I just, I really just like watching teams do different things, right. At, at, you know, as I mentioned, kind of watching this video over and over, obviously there's been some fantastic power plays, but there's only, you know, for certain setups and formations, there was only, there seems like a lot was just being repeated, right. So you only can see the same types of plays so much. Now, what at least what I like about it is you're starting to see, uh, you know, video uh, of different formations and different tactics on the power play and other areas of the game, obviously, but uh, that because you know the teams have to adjust, and I, I just think you know, I know in the past, like it's it was hard to find. I remember someone one of one of my connections or one of my you know, some of my network were looking for videos on you know spread spread setup in the power play. I was like, I don't certainly have anything recent. I can't, you know, I can't, no, no one's really doing it consistently. I'm sure they've done it sometime during the year. So I'd have to really dig in and try to find it. Well, now it's like you can look almost any night and pull power play clip and you're going to be able to find multiple examples of that. Right. So I think that's been fun too, to kind of, to again, grow, uh, just to grow that bit of video content uh, to have to teach and and so on and so forth. It's difficult in the past, but um and then I, I just think, I think everybody kind of, you know, every year the teams that have success win a Stanley Cup or, you know, have, have success at the end of the season. A lot of those tactics are repeated, right? A lot of those tactics are stolen and built upon uh, with teams' own nuances and little twists. But you look look at the way Vegas, uh, you know, played, you know, plays Diesel. I'm saying Boston, look at the way they, they play Diesel. Well, I can tell you watching a lot of teams, now, uh, you know, on a nightly basis, a lot of them, it's not look exactly the same, but a lot of them are doing the same type of, whether it's a, you know, it's a zone or a box, kind of a box in one, whatever you want to call it. A lot of teams are kind of going back to that a little bit now. So I'm seeing a lot more teams are looking like Vegas and Boston uh, when, I'm, when I'm going through these clips. So I think that's, that, that's interesting is, you know, every year, whoever wins, it seems like everybody wants to take what they do and, and make it their own and, and put their own twists on it. So, yeah, I, I find that's one thing you always come to expect is, well, we're going to see a, a a large influx of this particular tactic because Team A just won and everybody's going to try and do it too. The old uh, R&D, uh, Robin Duke, so yeah. <laughs> classic. Um Okay, so we're seeing a lot of different texts on that. Something I haven't seen, maybe not innovation, or it's just, you know, there's only so many ways to go about it. Um, but the, the breakout, I feel like the breakout and the tactics used there, basically tried and true, I haven't seen much, too much variance on that. Um, the, the one I would say is a lot of coaches used to say, Wingers, you got to get low to support your defenseman on the breakout. And now yeah. everyone wants their wingers as high as humanly possible and make sure. it easier on the center to stand underneath and, you know, proper spacing there. Sure. So curious from your standpoint, when you're you're teaching uh, breakout skills, tactics, you know, what, what are like the key elements or walk us through some breakouts and the keys uh, for being successful? Because like you said earlier, you know, it's an area you've gone down the rabbit hole and uh, it's clearly extremely important to transitioning from uh, defense to offense. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, – and to kind of steal uh, – I, I started to use this term a lot this year. Uh, and it's still the same idea. I've never had this idea. No, not certainly my idea, that's for sure. But I think this idea has been around for a while. But you know, just sort of, you know, 
know, Daryl Belfry's new, you know, his, his Belfry offense book, like when he talks about the retrievals and, and the quick to three, getting how quickly we get three guys back around the puck. Like I've used that term a lot this year. I, I think that's a, that's a huge one, right? It's, you know, it's we, I, with the positions and who's going back and who's one, two or three, it, that doesn't matter, but how quickly can we get three guys back to that puck just to kind of sort out those problems and give us two quick options right off the bat. So that's a big one for me. Is just that, that initial retrieval. How quickly? How quickly can we get back to puck? Scan, communicate, uh, and, and just sort the sort this, the next play out around that puck. Right? That might be a play to the wingers. That might be a uh, you know a hard rim to the weak side. Who knows? Or maybe it's a short play. But if we get those three players around the puck um, as quickly as possible, I think that's ultimately I I, I found you know just watching watching clips online at the NHL level how quickly they can you know to, to do, whether it's an absorb contact with a share or short bump or maybe it's a longer play or you watch it at you know you know down at my level the U18 level it's the same thing the success seems to lie how quickly we can get support around the puck you know quickly as possible at least to, at least to, whether it's to protect it on a battle or, or or to make a short play or to draw people in to make a long play. So I think that's that's been really good, and I've loved that term, and I've certainly something I've I've taken and applied this year. Uh, and it's this is certainly no secret, but to me, it's you know obviously wanting to get the puck into the middle of the ice uh, as a first priority. I, I think uh, a lot of a lot of young players, especially uh, at my level, their eyes are going to go to the they're they're going to go to their options, which are typically their their D partner or they're going to go to the wall. And those are the two options that are probably going to be forechecked the most, right? So uh, at least pressure is going to come from those sides. So to me, and maybe those are good plays, but to me, and I just think it's important to instill the mentality of let's make, let's let our eyes, you know, when we're doing our scans and we're, whether we're going back to the puck and prior to our first touch, and even when we, once if we have time, when we acquire the puck, Let's make sure our eyes are getting to the middle of the ice first. We'll look inside, then we can look outside. And I, I found the more we can get players to look inside first, they'll they'll see that option when it's there and move it, move it, you know, whether it's to the, the net front D or anybody, you know, players inside the dots. Versus if we players look to the wall first, I find that's definitely where their option is going to be. I find if we look inside, we can always go outside later if that's the right play. But I find if anytime we look to the wall first, uh, I find the puck typically stays along the wall, and then it's, it begins a little, it becomes a little more difficult. So uh, they had a great. Uh, I want to make the problem with reading so much is sometimes I don't give the proper people proper book credit. But one of my favorite books is the Coach's Guide to Teaching, and I believe in that book they were talking about obviously the scanning and uh, and the vision perspective. And it's it's important to you know to tell you know to teach players it's it's not just what we're looking for, when we're looking for it, you know, and how we're going to go about that and into shoulder check and scan, uh, but just teaching them you know where to look and what to look for is is incredible. Like what are we looking for and where are we looking? Right? It's not just the the token shoulder check, uh, you know, or maybe the shoulder check to the wrong area of the ice. Where do we we have to teach them where their eyes need to go and what they're looking, what they're trying to see versus just look, you know, just make sure you're looking. Well, that doesn't have a whole lot of context to me. And I think the idea of it's correct, but I know I'm a, even myself as an adult, if that's if I'm taking you out of hockey and you're telling me to to just look here, like and you're not telling me what to look for, 
you know, a word, it's going to be pretty difficult for me to make sense of that. So yeah. What information do I need to actually pick up? Yeah. Like I need the difficult part. Yeah. It's something. And then you can go all the way up to the wingers too. Like it's the wingers coming back. Like, are you scanning? But what are you looking for? Like, what are you trying to read? Like who, 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 it's great. You're looking, but what are you trying to find? (laughs) You know, so that, that's been a big one. It's just kind of those two details, especially getting guys, obviously back, you know, around the puck quickly as possible. And then just knowing where to look and what we're looking for uh, is two huge things. And I think it's just certainly no secret to to anybody, like especially at the NHL levels, how important it is of your net front defenseman uh, to, you know, to make his play or whether he does or he has to play to make or not, but to then be an option on the breakout, right. Just to quickly explode, to be on his toes up ice, not just to support the breakout, to be part of the entry, uh, and, and just at a, at a youth level, instilling confidence to to do that because I, I know a lot of a lot of players that I've had they're a little bit almost hesitant, they're a little nervous because I don't I don't want to you know I'm a D like should I really be the the second third guy Oh, yeah, absolutely You'd be the first second third fourth fifth whatever you want to be you're you're a number on the ice just support the puck where it needs to be supported in the right spot so making giving them the confidence to jump but the big one for me is giving the other players confidence to actually move the puck to those places. I, I think just at a youth level, it's kind of old school, like, you know, don't pass the puck in, in front of our own net. And, well, yeah, that's, that's, there's other players there. That's, that's certainly on the opposition. That's certainly a great strategy. How often is that player open in the middle of the ice? And it's just, it's the confidence to, to make that play to the middle. And I, I was talking to an assistant coach the other day, we were watching a youth game. It was, uh, but a U15 level, and the and I always talk to our guys about this because the puck was in. It was kind of a not so much as a kind of a stalled puck, um, but the center popped out of the pile with the puck, and the net front D was available. He's ready to. He's he, they could have made a direct pass to the net front, and and again he jumps and you know now potentially we got to have a three on two based on what what the numerical scenario was low. Um, but what ended up happening, what you see all the time is they just bumped it behind the net and the D had to now leave the slot, come back around the net. And as he did that, every, the four checking players that were low in that corner, all reloaded, got above them and just now they're back on top of them. And now his options, there's no odd man opportunity. Uh, I believe he just had to flip the puck out of the zone or off the glass. There's no option for him to do anything. It's just something simple. Like if there was, if it, if our eyes went to the middle first, and we have the confidence to move the puck in front of the net. Now we don't, we're, we're jumping in front of those players that, you know, that we're forechecking and we're leaving them behind, but instead we're allowing them to get back on top of us. So that, that's a big one for me is just, can we make direct plays to the middle to, to, to be, you know, to bypass and beat guys on the forecheck. I, I love that piece about just like giving them the, the confidence to go there. Cause it's not always going to work and it sure. m- might cause some serious sure. turnovers, but if they're not doing that, what yeah. does that say about future progressions and preparing mm-hmm. themselves for the next level of play where middle is the option? Like if you're sure. not going pucks to the middle, you're falling behind and you're becoming yeah. irrelevant. Yeah. So I think that's a key component. I've got a few players in my teams right now, and I'm thinking the exact same thing as you're talking here. I'm like, I'm encouraging them to not ever stop trying it because yeah. sooner or later you're going to develop the ability to get there at a, very high clip mm-hmm. and that's when you're going to bypass kids that maybe yeah. you're not ahead of currently 
Yeah. Uh, but you're going to just slingshot past them. And it's super important to continuously give them that permission uh, sure. to continue to do that. So it's super valuable. Yeah. Um, we have, uh, so just, just by you, you saying that, it kind of it jumped into my head. Like, so we have a, we had a, obviously a, a really successful season last year uh, with, with our club. Uh, so we have 17 new players on our team this year. So it's quite a, it's quite a turnover. The biggest turnover I've, I've certainly ever had. Uh, so there's a lot of, there's there's a lot of teaching uh, to be done, right? And and maybe some steps that we had to go back. We didn't really have to you know hammer or spend too much time on last year because of the experience that we had. But going into that, uh, one of our first our first uh, games of the season, first couple of games of the season, we weren't we really weren't great, which not wasn't a big surprise to me. But just some of the lack of confidence to make those types of plays, but. I, but I remember is our D tried to make a direct play uh, to that area of the ice, to the other, to the, into the net front defenseman. And I believe it was either, I think, I can't believe if the, the defenseman wasn't ready. Or either way, it was just misexecuted and there was a ton of space there. Puck traveled about t- 10 extra feet right onto the stick of an opposition player. And I believe they scored. And so I'm, you know, we're going through, I'm going through video the next, you know, the next uh, week. And like, listen, there's a lot of teaching play. There's a lot of, if you want to call, I don't want to, I want to kind of phrase it right now. I want to call them bad clubs, but there's a lot of teachable moments here. To me, this really isn't, this isn't a bad clip. This is one that just wasn't executed. Maybe we weren't ready for, but this is going to work when we are, when we're all confident enough and we're all bought into like, this is the expectation to make this type of a play. It was just like, and people may see that they watch like, why was he passing it there? It's like, you know, why did he pass it there? And that's ended up in a goal. If you can't put the puck there, like, Oh no, like that's where I want it. It just, you know, we just, we're, we're kind of, we weren't all ready for that type of, that's how we want to play that, that, that type of identity. Right. So, and it's starting to come. But I just remember that, and, it's, and I think that was a big part of it. Like, no, no, listen, this ended up in the goal, and you can feel like crap because it went in. I get that. I mean, that's a pretty typical emotion. Something you do or your team gets scored on, you're going to feel like crap, and you're not, you don't have to run from that. You're allowed to feel upset. Well, don't feel upset because why it happened, right? You, you try to do the right thing. So let's – Yeah, it's yeah, it's that process versus results. Like sometimes you make the right process and it yeah. results in a bad thing, but yeah. really you want to keep going back to that process. That was good. Or that read that was good. And yeah. um, for me, it's like, how do you develop as a defenseman, for example, like a progression of reads on the breakout where, you know, we're looking wheel with our feet first. Once that mm-hmm. gets taken away and okay, now we're looking middle bumps. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe we're looking far stretch guy. And then, you know, your check down on your, your strong side. Sure. And it's like, how do you decorate that up and make it uh, deceptive? So like, there's, there's a lot of good stuff there. I want to circle back to two things um, that you mentioned. It's all around coaching slash teaching. Um, Cause, cause really as coaches, we're able to like guide attention as like our number one, most valuable piece. Um, So like for me, I'm always wanting my fellow coaches and assistants, um, and, you know, so fellow coaches, assistant coaches, or anyone I'm trying to influence in the coaching tree of like getting super specific, like mm-hmm. too often it's, oh, we got to work harder. Like, well, what the hell does that yeah. mean for players? Yeah. Like, they have no idea, but guiding their attention of like, okay, we want to look to develop a two on one off of a mm-hmm. two on two rush. Sure. You know, we're, we're trying to attack the heels of the defense and that kind of stuff. Um, and, and that's what I'm really liking about this conversation is like, you're getting very specific of not just, okay, we got to look, 
well, that's great, but the player still has no idea mm-hmm. what the hell is going on. Like, okay, where are we looking? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that is super important. I'm guessing that's something that's valuable to you. Um, and obviously that is a fantastic book, which is the coach's guide to teaching. Um, I, I like that one a lot. And then the second piece of progression over perfection, like trying things, maybe it's not going to be perfect, but you're progressing. Mm-hmm. Um, just like those two little elements that go into being a great teaching coach mm-hmm. that is able to truly develop players and just getting specific, allowing the progress to happen and realizing it's not going to be perfect and don't take sure. a, a club out of the bag of the player. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, you know, I, I, it's funny you mentioned that. I, I said the same thing, you know, multiple times over the last few years, but I, I, a lot this year too, because like I said, it's a, it's a new group and uh, a lot of, a lot of teaching to be done. But I mentioned like, what, what, I keep telling you guys, you got to work harder. Like, what is that? I don't, I don't know. I don't even know what that means. I don't know what it means. You know what I mean? Like, I get the general idea of like com- com- being competitive and putting an effort, but like, Surely effort should be just not like that should be something that's going to happen anyway. Right. But what does effort look like? What does effort look like to you? What does it look like to you? It's the same thing I say is uh, like physicality in our game. Okay. So then I define it for them and I make sure very early on, like physicality is going to be different for you as it's going to be different for you as it's going to be different for you. Physicality. There's like, there's, you might be the guy that's, like I said, that's, you know what? He's very, he's up on his gaps. He, he's great angles. He's playing through the hands. His stick is fantastic. Like he's involved. He's engaged. He's invading space constantly. Physicality for you might mean that you have the puck all the time. And physicality means I'm going to protect pucks the right way. I'm going to drive through opponents, right? I'm going to create space for myself. That might be an element of physicality. Might be another guy that's just, you're, you're prototypical. Like he, he's just a physical player. He's tough. He hits like, so it's going to be different for everybody. So, but if I found, if I just use the word physicality, people would revert back to the old, even though I meant different elements of it, people are going to revert back to the, well, that means just run around and hit people. Well, no, because we know where that's going to get us. <laughs> it's not going to box. Get, yeah. It's not going to get us very far, but so what does that mean? Same as effort. Like it has to, it has to mean something. Right. And I think that's, I know I've certainly, uh, listen, I can put my hand up and say, listen, I, I've known years past, I definitely made those mistakes. And I think that's what you learn as, as you go, as you you know go along year to years, like there's a lot of things you try, it doesn't work. Maybe it does work. You just need it. Or maybe it does work. You just need to communicate it a lot clearer and a lot, you know, a, a lot more specific to them versus just using broad general terms. Because I think, like I said, you have 12, 20, say you have 20 players on your roster, 20 players shooting up to that night. There could be 20 different viewpoints of what you mean when you say that. And probably if, for whatever you mean by that, there might only be five that are aligned with it. Right. So you got to, and that's not their fault. That's, that's you as a coach and a communicator and a teacher, you have to be better there. Right. And it, like, and, and to your point on the, on the practice and the progression and just in teaching, it's like, it's going to be messy. It's going to be messy on the ice, especially if we're trying to teach, use the two on two on two to turn to create a two on one concept. Right. And I don't talk about messy, just like throwing the puck out and making it, you know, complete chaos. Right. I mean, messy is like there's specific, you know, where there's constraints or specific objectives that we're trying to reach uh, within a, a drill or a game or a skill or whatever it may be. 
And because we're trying to, we're learning along the way, and we're not just kind of reverting to, you know, you know, our, our typical strengths or some of the things that we've been able to lean on or lean into and lean on to get us by in lower levels or years past. We're trying to grow. We're trying to get stretched a little bit here. There's going to be some, there's going to be an X, you know, X amount of failure that's going to come with that. But if we can continue to progress and we focus on those objectives and things that are actually, you know, and it, kind of connecting our mind and our body to some of those, and our, like some of those physical traits that we have, eventually that's going to clean up. And eventually what you're going to be left with is a player that can actually make these plays and know what they're trying to do when they're on the eggs versus like, I use it all the time. Like, like we say net drive. Well, but what is, what if you drive on the wrong side of the wrong, where the space isn't just, but you're just working so hard. You just fly, drive into the net. Same as the back check. Yeah. We have to back check hard. We have to track hard. Great. That's going to get you. That's going to probably produce more, more positive results than negative, but eventually you're going to play teams that's going to use that against. If you're just work all out effort all the way back, everybody's in no real rhyme or reason. You're just trying to get back hard. And that's, you know, you're not giving them context to it. Now you're going to play someone that's evolved in their offense and they're going to use that against you guys. Right. So uh, I did, those are really like generic ones, but I think those are ones in the, in the past that I know I hear from all the time in the rinks. I definitely, you know, you know, whether it's five, six years ago, like I was guilty of it. Like you're just using, like we got to track her. Okay. We're, we're all so guilty of this stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean you know, I'm sure everybody can say the same thing. It's just like, you, you, you sit back and you look and you kind of understand. You know, oh my. I was like, no wonder they couldn't, no wonder the X player didn't get this or they, you know, they struggled here, here and here, or we gave up these chances or we didn't create these chances. Like, it's kind of the way I described it. It's the kind of way, you know, I taught it or thought I was teaching it. So just being, just being specific and giving those objectives, I think are really, are really important. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to wrap this. This is a fantastic conversation, but I just love like the mindset of the extreme ownership of like, just needing to be better as a coach, like assuming it's not the player's fault. And mm-hmm. even if it is like, it's just such a great mindset to be in and then allowing that to be messy on the ice and let it work itself out and continue to provide the guidance and uh, you know, where should we focus? What are we looking for? Or just mm-hmm. asking great questions to get them reflecting and figuring things out that work for their skill set, Right. Cause every player is a little bit different. Maybe they're a little bit bigger, maybe they're a little bit smaller, like which skills yeah. are they leaning into? What's going to provide them more success and figuring out at this level and then future levels, what, is where like how do they want to have a game that transfers and translates no matter where they're playing so uh, a lot of great concepts today kyle super excited that we were able to get you on this is fantastic where can the people find you because more people need to follow you yeah i saw my twitter's um 28 um yeah like i said i daily as best i can i try and post some content hopefully that uh, hopefully people can, you know, are, are interested in and, and, and can find valuable and they can use for themselves or their own teaching really. Um, and like I said, it's, it's, it's to me, I, I'm an open book. If anybody ever wants anything, needs anything, like I'm certainly happy to share. I think there's at the end of the day, all of these games are online. You can watch them every night, right. And put as much time as you want to. So there aren't really any secrets. They're not, it's just a matter of looking at it and looking you know, get through specific lenses and asking the right questions and, and asking people the right questions, right? And you can kind of arrive at some of these details. So uh, no secrets there. And I'm always an open book to share. And hopefully, 
uh, help help others even just a tiny tiny bit the way I know uh, you know people have helped me especially early on in my in my coaching career I, I'll never forget that and it's, it's why we do what we do. Thanks, Kyle. Much appreciated, sir. Take care, Greg. Thank you. That concludes this week's episode. Thanks for joining us here at Hockey IQ. If you haven't already, take a quick moment to hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up, and drop a review. If you want to be a great teammate, even recommend us to a friend. You can follow us at Hockey's Arsenal on Twitter and Instagram. Check out the website, hockeysarsenal.com, where you can subscribe to the weekly newsletter. You won't regret it. Catch you, Buttes, here next week for a brand new episode.